you can return to your seats. The Lord is here in such a tremendous way in Jesus' name. And I believe he, he is already ministering to us in just such a tremendous, tremendous way in Jesus' name. Praise God. I do want to encourage you to come back to services tonight, not that this one is over, but that um, we're going to have some special music and just believe God. This Pentecost Sunday thing, um, I think, should live on. I think we should remind each other, praise God, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, amen, and that makes impossible things possible, praise God, and so God wants to work and he wants to move upon each and every one of you um, every day, that's just his will, that's what it is, and I understand that we're living in a world that challenges that, that actually just has a hard time with that, and that's why you and I must learn to rise above that in Jesus' name. In the Old Testament, in the tabernacle plan, there were three types of light that, that actually were, were present when they were ministering. One was, of course, the natural light. And, you know, we understand that the natural light is there. People can see things. The daylight makes it a whole lot easier for us to function uh, and that type of thing. And then at night, of course, there had to be provided light. And, of course, this was in the building in the tabernacle, and the candle did that. And, of course, that was ordained of God. And I believe that God will supply light for you. He will. Amen. And so you can, you can trust that. You can look forward to that. But then in the Holy of Holies, which in the Old Testament, there was only one person that was allowed to go in there. And, of course, that was the high priest. And so that limited, you know, access to that. That was the high priest that went in there once a year and made the atonement offering. And, of course, in there, that was the, the supernatural light. Praise God. The good news is you and I live in the New Testament. Praise God. God demonstrated this in a very open forum. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, praise God, lots of things happened. Amen. One of the things that happened to, 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 to show this, you know, to illustrate this, was that the veil of the temple, amen, and it was huge. It was, uh, tradition says that it was as thick as a man's hand. And so it was not just some little um, you know, a light uh, curtain that went across there. But that, that, that veil was ripped, literally, from top to bottom. And, of course, we understand that that was the hand of God. And what was this doing? Was God upset and so he decided to rip a curtain? No. He was proving to us that now the access to the Holy of Holies was not only just for the high priest, and I don't want to take away from that because Jesus has become our high priest. He is still in that function. He is still in heaven making intercession for the church. Praise God. That's still happening right now. In fact, that's happening 24-7 in my opinion. But the bottom line is now you and I have access praise God we have access to that supernatural light praise God and um, you know we we need that in the world that we're living in there's just so many things that can that can trick us and sometimes we just wonder what's going on but God a lot of times can give you fresh revelation and in my opinion that's one of the functions of the of the supernatural light is that God wants to give you revelation he wants to reveal things to you Amen. And so he will do that, praise God, in his own time and in his own way, in Jesus' name. And so no doubt the scriptures need that. There's churches out there, and I, God bless them. I, my heart goes out to them, but they're trying to function with the natural light on God's word. 
Amen. And, and to me, that is a, such a tremendous disadvantage. I'll never forget, just as a testimony, the night I got received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I went home and I had been studying the Bible. I mean, really a hunger for God's Word for a couple of years prior to that. But I'll never forget opening up that Bible and beginning to read in the Gospel of John. And it was almost like it was a brand new book. It was like the Scriptures became alive Amen. And so this baptism of the Holy Ghost, this day of Pentecost that you and I celebrate is absolutely a necessity and you and I can depend on it. Praise God. It doesn't fade. It's not like the stock market that goes up and down. It's not like your life and my life that has its ebbs and flows. The Spirit of God is constant. And I'm here to tell you, praise God, it wants to bring all kinds of things into your life in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Why don't you lift your hands right now? Let the Lord give you some understanding to that. Come on, this is the word of the Lord. God, speak to me. Word of God, speak in the name of Jesus. And I believe that's what he will do in the name of Jesus. God will speak to our hearts and give us understanding and knowledge. And that living word can become something that just absolutely begins to do things that nothing else can. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. I'm going to just take a few minutes here and I want to promote some things. And then I'm going to get into the word of God here in just a few minutes, but I, 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 when I all through high school, I was not much of a reader. I, I just wasn't. But when I started coming to God and praying and asking Him to give me hunger for His Word, all of a sudden I just developed an appetite. And I give all of that glory to God. It was not me; that was God granting my prayer request. I didn't even know what I was asking for. I really didn't. I just, it just felt good. It sounded good. You know what I'm saying? But God, and he kind of latched on to that. And when I came into a church like this, he gave me a, just an incredible hunger for his word. And I would listen to, and I still do, you know, 40 some odd years later, I still listen and I read it. And I, I just constantly trying to let that word come over me, praise God. And it has made a tremendous difference, praise God. But one of the things that God has helped me to understand um, is that of, of understanding that there's a lot of people that do have a hunger out there and we just we, we have questions you know in the Old Testament there was a, a queen the queen of Sheba she came and she had heard of the reputation of Solomon the kingdom of God in the Old Testament probably reached one of its pinnacles during his reign it really was I mean he built a magnificent temple and I mean the worship and, and the daily protocols that they had were just absolutely fabulous. They really were. And of course, his father, David, was instrumental in that. He was the one that was the warrior king. He was the one that taught the nation of Israel how to battle and how to go in and conquer. Amen. But he wasn't allowed to, to, to bring that phase of the kingdom of God in. You know, God just said, no, the sword has never left your house, and so we're going to do this in another way. We're going to bring another phase in. And that's when Solomon came into the picture, praise God. This is what God had intended. And so again, that temple was built. And the Bible says when after that temple, or as that temple was being um, dedicated, praise God, the Spirit of the Lord came down and just encompassed that place. And just, there was never, a, 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 you know, a demonstration like that before. And and the priest couldn't even do anything. The Spirit of God was so thick and so powerful. Well, again, that kind of reputation will get out. And the Queen of Sheba came, and she, was, she had heard about all the protocols that went on. And so she came, and, and she experienced that. And I don't believe she ever was the same after that. 
I believe that. I believe that each one of these local churches, if they will pray, if they will humble themselves, if they will repent of their sins on a regular basis and let God be God, I believe that the same God that came down in that temple in Jerusalem, praise God, in that magnificent way, will do the same thing for us, even in this local place. Come on, folks, that's how great he is. The Spirit of God is omnipresent, so that can happen. And we're experiencing glimpses of that in this place. It's happening, folks. It really is, and I'm praying. My prayer for you and for me also is that we'll recognize it, not fear it, not back away from it, not be intimidated because of our frailties but that will say, come God, I want to see you operate in a way. I want to see cancers roll off of people's bodies. I want to see depression leave in the name of Jesus. I want to see mind diseases completely healed and restored in the, come on, this is the spirit of the Lord that we're talking about. This is how he does it in the name of Jesus. Praise God, amen. But another thing that the queen did, because she was from a whole different culture, you got to understand, cultures are very powerful. They really are. Not as powerful as God, but they have absolutely powerful influences. And a lot of us have come from very similar cultures, although some of them might be different. And I'm not here to, to, to make yours better than his or hers or whatever the case is. I'm just saying, sometimes we've got to leave that culture behind. And we've got to allow the spirit of the Lord to have its preeminence in our lives. And this is what it's designed to do. But the Bible says that she came and began to ask questions. And many of you who are involved in, in, in teaching ministry, you're going to begin to experience this. And don't get intimidated. I've never been afraid to say, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I'll help you find out. You know, that's not, that's not a sign of, of weakness, folks. That's a sign of great strength. But having said that, there are questions that need to be answered. You and I need to have those questions answered. Is this baptism of the Holy Ghost absolutely necessary for people? Oh, no, don't. You answer that. I've already answered that. Is this thing called Jesus' name baptism for the remission of sins? Is this absolutely necessary for the New Testament church? Now listen, I'm not here to, to throw or shove this down your throat or make it contentious or whatever the case is, but those kind of questions need to be answered. You can't just linger in the, well, I guess I'll find out someday crowd all of your life. Sooner or later, you got to find out, is this true? Is this what God wants to do? Is this a definite thing that God's got for my life? Listen to me, folks. When you get that kind of boldness and you get that kind of tenacity and you get that kind of hunger in the name of Jesus, I believe the revelatory power of God can come into your life. You can begin to see things. God will point you to scriptures. He will answer every one of your questions in the name of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, folks, that's the kind of God that we serve. We don't have to step back and get intimidated and be scared we can come boldly to the throne of grace in our time of need and God can begin to answer those questions now listen let me take a poll here how many here have a question that they need to have God answer Come on, lift up your hands boldly. Come on, now lift up that other hand right now and begin to come to the Lord and ask him to direct you 
Come on, that's what God did. He anointed Solomon. He answered her questions. You know, the scripture doesn't give us a list of what those questions were, but I don't believe there were questions like, what's two plus two? I don't believe they were questions like, you know, what's your favorite color, God? You know, I don't think they were questions like that. I think there were certain things in life that were troubling her, that she was saying, what's going to happen when this thing is all over? How do I get saved? How do I get right with you, God? Listen to me, folks. I'm telling you, something this is where God positions the church in these last days come on he didn't bring us into this thing so that you and I could start arguments he brought us into this thing so that we could help people get answers to their questions and I'm going to tell you something folks the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of God and the woman of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's what God gave us, praise God. And that's why you and I, we are so consistently, uh, you know, distracted out there with all of this other stuff. And we must understand, praise God, there is a wisdom that comes from God that descended upon a house that was built for him some thousand, two or three thousand years ago. And that was just a forerunner, praise God, because God knew that at the time, a time that he accepted, a time that he also put into place, praise God, that there would be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, praise God. And that's what we celebrated last Sunday. Come on, this is that. Come on, that's what Peter answered. He said, this is that which was prophesied by the, by the prophet Joel, that in the last days God is pouring, not was, or gonna, he is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Anybody who wants the baptism of the Holy Ghost and will come to God in sincerity and do whatever he tells them to do, I'm telling you something, folks, it's an open door that no man can shut. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's what God is doing in this hour, praise God. And you can be a part of it in the name of Jesus. Now, another thing that God has done in these last days, you know, and it's, it's of his word, is he's developed communicators, people who can write things down. Yesterday, I got back from doing some things at the shop and, and, and dotting some I's and crossing some T's. And when I got home, my wife, she was, she was um, uh, busy working at the, at the computer. And what she did was she wrote out a, um, a, uh, um, uh, an introductory letter to some of the pastors of this area. And it's because of the conference that we're going to have here. We're excited about it. We're getting hits online already. People are getting excited about this. And I believe there's gonna be obstacles. Come on, folks, you don't do anything worthwhile for the kingdom of God without them, praise God, but God's going to raise us up above all of them. And some of you right now are, are still in the contemplating play period. Well, should I take off work? Well, should I really dedicate myself and, and you know, take a couple of days off and give it to the Lord during this conference? Well, I'm hoping that question will get answered this morning for you. Praise God. And I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just telling you right now, I'm preparing to give for this thing monetarily. My business is going to give for this at least 500 bucks. I'm going to give so this thing can come off, praise God. And also, I'm going to give of my time in the name of Jesus. I'm going to start fasting, and I'm going to start praying, and I'm going to start investing myself, not the day before this happens, but right now, two months before it happens. And I believe the Lord is going to begin to do that. I, I'm expecting, I'm expecting during 
during that Wednesday through Sunday morning that the Shekinah of God, the supernatural light of God is going to come down into this place. It's going to come down upon our children's ministry. It's going to come down upon our youth ministries. It's going to come down on our adult ministries. It's going to be powerful. Praise God. It's going to be powerful. And so you are invited, praise God. But she was making out that letter, and as she always does, and I don't know why she does, but she has me proofread it, you know. And so I was reading it, and I'm going, my, good, my goodness, hon. I said, that's a good letter. Well, I should do that, and I should do that. I said, it's a good letter. Well, I should do And she went back, and she tweaked it and did all that kind of stuff. And it came, and I read it, and I said, that's a good letter. I said, that's a good letter. It was. And she communicated it so well. She made, I'm going to tell you something, there was honey lipping, you know, uh, dripping off of those letters by the time we put them in the envelopes. I mean, to tell you, every pastor in this area, apostolic pastor, man, they ought to feel the urge to come, praise God. Amen. But the point I'm making is she's a good communicator. She can communicate that stuff off. And not all of us have to be good at everything. And so that's why God sets in the church those, amen. In the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians, the Bible says he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. That was Jesus who set that in, amen. And so that is continuing today. Amen. I believe that a pastor can go someplace and operate under the office of, a, of an apostle. I believe that a teacher can, maybe they, they have their, their, their regular gifting in a church someplace, but they can go someplace and maybe operate for a while under the office of a prophet. Now, I understand there are offices that are there. Amen. But you see, you and I, we need the fivefold ministry. We need evangelists to come and to gather. We need, we need apostles, praise God, that will set the tone, and we need um, uh, prophets that will really give a clarion voice to the word in Jesus' name. And so these things can happen in Jesus' name, praise God. What I've done here this morning, or it's been actually the last couple of days I've been thinking about that, I have some books up here, and I would recommend that every person who is wanting to get involved in discipleship in your life, your personal life. Yes, we have classes that are set up here for that, and we try to do as much as we can, but schedules get in the way, and it just seems like, boy, there's always something. But nevertheless, you know, I'm going to keep trying because we've had some powerful sessions in those discipleship classes. Can the people who are in them say amen? amen. I mean powerful things where God give certain liberties because of people are coming with a hungry heart. And people who are hungry for the things of God, let me just tell you this right now, won't be so easily offended by God's meals. I'm telling you that. that is, that's 35 years of being out here, almost 35 years of being out here, and three years of being a pastor back in Iowa. That's not a lot of experience, but it's some. And I have observed that to be an across-the-board setting that people who can develop a hunger for the things of God are not as easily offended as people who have been stuffing themselves with fast food of the world and come in and they're really not hungry. All they want you to do is get it over with. Come on, come on, what is this now? It's 10 minutes you've been preaching now? Come on, it's time to wind down, isn't it? 
But you got people like this that'll sit on the edge of their seat and say, man, let this guy go for a couple hours. Let this guy go for a couple of days. I don't care because I'm hungry and I need to be filled in the name of Jesus. Come on, does somebody want that kind of a lifestyle? Why don't you get rid of that offense in your life right now and raise up your hand right now and say, God, I'm going to get hungry for your word. Come on. Come on, you can do that. That's your self-will that's standing in the way right now. It's no devil. That's not some, some spirit that's on your shoulders right now that's on you you can develop a hunger for God's word you can say no to this junk in the world and you can start saying God I want to be fed I want to be fed I want to be a sheep that hears your voice I want to be somebody praise God that helps in the church not, not destroys it in the name of Jesus come on I feel the power of God in here to change lives come on that's you he's talking to by the way in the name of Jesus. Mm, hallelujah. Oh, I feel like praising him. I feel like praising him. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. And if you want to write this down, you can. But I'll just be very, very quick here. Any book that David Bernard writes, I would get it. And I would begin to read it. He's written a couple of books on God's word, the infallible word and understanding God's word that are absolutely second to none. They will help your understanding and answer questions about which version is right. This NIV, this New King James Version, this King James Version. Listen, folks, you need to get those questions answered. And there's, there's, I'm telling you, people have communicated good, good, good sound doctrine. And in these books, that's what they are. And you can do this on your own. You can take one of these books to work with if you want. You can even get them on tape, a lot of them. And you can begin to listen to them. This would be good quality stuff for you to listen to. Amen. But one I would recommend, especially for, for the, what we have here in this church, the, the, the complexion that we have here, and that is the apostolic life. And what it is, it's a series of articles that he wrote for years for our periodicals here in the United Pentecostal Church International, and it deals with A to, I'm not going to say A to completely Z, but it deals with a lot of stuff, holiness, all of this stuff that we ask questions Praise God. Would you like to get some godly answers? They're there. They're there, and your life can be restored back to obedience with God, and you can begin to walk in the light. Come on, I'm not talking about just the natural light. And I'm not even just talking about the supplied light. But you can start walking in the supernatural light. And things can become exciting for you again. You can begin to see miracles and healings and deliverances in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you something right now. If we believe that he's the same yesterday, today, for, and, and forever, praise God. There were times in the scriptures, in the gospels, that everybody that came to Jesus got healed. 
everybody. It didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter how long it went on in the name of Jesus. It gives us examples of people who had problems for 12, 18 years, one of them for 30 some odd years. One guy was born with the problem of not being able to see. But I'm telling you something, when the Spirit of God comes into the place, anything is possible. Come on, you need a healing here today? Lift up your hands right now. Come on, don't settle for self-pity. Don't settle for somebody feeling sorry for you. Get right with God. Come on, God's here to heal. He's here to touch. He's here to strengthen. That's what he does. Come on, that's what he does in the name of Jesus. Praise God. And then for the serious, somebody who's getting a little more serious about discipleship, and I can show you this. I didn't bring it out here, but uh, Arcovio is his last name. Can't think of his first name right now. What is it? John. John. I should know that. John Arcovio. He is a prophet. I believe that. And I believe he operates in that office. But he has, a, he has several books that he wrote, but five of them. I used to recommend them. Remember that, Larry? Five of those books. You still got those books? Those are powerful books. Well, I did do the same thing. I got to buy them over again, but that's okay. Atlanta, you still got them? Awesome. That's what a required reading for discipleship. Things like the warfares that we're dealing with. Things like, you know, the, the wings of an eagle. That's what God wants to do. He wants to give you wings of an eagle and let you fly above some of this junk, praise God. But here's one that I feel like we really need to be careful of because it's sticking its head up real, real hard here, and that's the spirit of Jezebel. I've felt it. I felt it here and I felt it in places I've gone. I'm not accusing anybody. I'm just saying that's what it is. He deals with that spirit. Jason Sisko is another one that deals with that spirit of Jezebel. And we are dealing with those things. And these are questions. You might not even have the questions, but after you read the book, you're going to go, ooh, I was wondering about that. I was wondering, how does that work? You know, how does that work when Paul says that the women are supposed to be silent in the church? Does that mean they can't talk? Does that mean they can't say anything? Hey, I'm telling you, those questions need to be answered. And biblically, if you get that book, The, the Apostolic Life, he'll answer some of those questions right there in that book. And I'm not talking about, you know, 500 pages, you know, a dissertation. I'm talking about just a, few, just a couple of pages. And you'll get an understanding of what God is doing. And better than that, your life, you'll begin to walk in the light. Come on, that's what 1 John tells us, that we should walk in the light as he is in the light. And I understand, we think, you know, we're not good enough to do that. That's your flesh. That's your flesh giving you an excuse, by the way. The devil probably didn't even do that. He probably did it years ago, and you're still carrying that. And you need to evict that on a regular basis. I do. Amen. You know, here I am, the pastor of an apostolic church, and my goodness, I wasn't perfect this week. Now, I'm not gloating about this, either am I proud of it. But I'm telling you, folks, I need that prayer room just as much as you do. I need to get on my knees on a regular basis just as much as you do. This is not some complaint. This is some invitation. But I'm telling you something. The blood of Jesus Christ is always there for me. He said he would never leave me or forsake me, and I take him at face value. And I'm here to tell you, folks, forgiveness is for you. You can get it all under the blood in the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you something. You can walk in the light. That's what you can do. Amen. And it's exciting, praise God. I mean to tell you, I'll never forget the first time I realized I was excited to come to church. My goodness, first 22 years of my life, that wasn't the case. 
But boy, all of a sudden, I couldn't wait for the next service. I couldn't wait for what God was going to do. And then God helped me to understand that in between, I could do some personal things. I could, every day I could pray to him, I could read my Bible. I could learn, praise God. And what a privilege that God has for us in Jesus' name. Would you just lift your hands right now again? I know I've been doing a lot of ministering here, but man, I feel a ministering spirit in the name of Jesus. Come on, open up your heart wide. Come on, get rid of that intimidation. There's, some, there's a gal in here right now that you've been wounded. You've allowed the, the, the hurts of life to really, really, really grind in. And right now, I'm coming against that. And God is there. If you would just lift up your hands right now and you'd begin to call upon the name of the Lord, I'm telling you, you could be healed. You you could be restored. You could get a hold of something from God that, praise God, has been a long time. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, feel a little bit lighter. Isn't this good? Come on, I don't feel any condemnation, praise God. And that's good. Amen. Condemnation comes because of sin. My flesh will bring it, that type of thing. But condemnation isn't from God. And let me give you a real simple formula here, folks. God will use conviction rather than condemnation. And many of you have heard me say this before. But to the one here that hasn't, let me tell you the difference. Condemnation, there is no way out. When a person is condemned to die, it's over. It's just when it happens. Amen. That's condemnation, and that's what you feel. You feel like there's no way out. You feel like, man, there's, no, there's not enough programs in this world for me to take that I can get over this, this bump. But conviction is of God. And with conviction, godly conviction, that is, God will always give you a way. He will always give you something to do. Amen. Somebody here this morning might have been laying in bed thinking, I'm not going to go to church. And God began to convict you. And God said, get out of bed and go to church. That's how simple it is. That's how simple it is. And I hope you're glad you came. See, that's how it works. And that's what God wants to bring back into your life on a regular basis. He doesn't want us to get mad because he convicts us. You've got to remember something here, folks. Amen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Doctrine is what we need to believe. Doctrine is what Jesus taught. Doctrine is what the apostles said on the day of Pentecost when they said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's doctrine. And then reproof is something you shouldn't believe. Maybe you read a book sometime when you were in high school or maybe later on that had some of these weird Eastern religion ways. Well, you need to get rid of that. You need to quit believing that stuff. You know, there is no reincarnation, folks. It's been appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. That's what it is. And that's very clear in Scripture. And so all of these other ideas will come. I mean, the world is full of them, you know. And so, you know, I, I got something online here a couple of weeks ago about other religions and what they believe. And I got about two paragraphs into it and said, Give me that Bible. Just, you know, five minutes into that, I'm kind of starting to get a little confused, a little wavy here, and I'm going, I don't need that stuff. I need God's Word. 
But the third one is one that you need to consider today, and that is correction. See, God will correct them who he loves. A good, I don't know if I'll get there or not. I doubt if I'll get there today, uh, this morning anyway. But the 12th chapter of the book of, um, of Hebrews, verses 5 through about 12. Read that. If you want to know whether or not you're a son of God or not, or if you're in line to where you can be a son of God, read that. That will straighten a lot of things out. That will answer a lot of questions. Because the Bible says he will correct them he loves. And if you are a son, then you will receive that correction. Yeah, you might get mad. I was reading in one of Brother Bernard's books about his mother, Loretta. And she was quite a lady. I never have met her, but I, I've heard about her. I've read some of her books. In fact, if those of you that have studied the book In Search of Holiness... That was at her prompting. She was the one that actually had David Bernard write that book. She helped in a lot of ways. But she was a tremendous person. And I was reading a little bit of her, her history, and I was, man, almost tears came to my eyes. I thought, God, forgive me, forgive me. I've allowed such stupid little things to keep me from going on. Here's a lady and her husband, and they feel like they're called to Korea, and about a year before they're supposed to go, some drunk driver hits them head on. And he spends about a, almost a year in the hospital, and so does she. Now, to most people, they'd say, well, I guess it wasn't the will of God for you to go. Not them. They got healed. He won several people to the Lord while he was in the hospital. And then it was just delayed for about a year, and then they ended up in Korea and started 22 churches, started a few Bible schools. Listen to me, folks. we got to get a little tougher skin. That's what's happening with all of this feel sorry for me stuff. Is we're developing real thin skin. And people can't say anything. And, and, and even if they do say it, you're going to take it the wrong way. That's why I don't text. <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah, he texts me. Gives me this epistle. <laughs> My thumbs ain't strong enough. And I text him back and I go, okay. <laughs> Got that one down. No, I, I, I can't do it. Maybe you can. I see some of you people, man, you're turning that phone upside down. I can't do it. But God, through this lady and her husband, they didn't allow adversity to come and get them off the mark. You're supposed to teach Bible studies. Come on, you're supposed to have people come to your house and win them to the Lord. Come on, I'm telling you the truth. This is what God's got for your ministry, praise God. I know you don't have all the answers. Either do I, but you've got the Holy Ghost. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. You are prepared, praise God, to do these things. You're supposed to be doing them. But you're allowing this, this junk to come and this inadequacy and all of that stuff. And folks, I'm telling you something. We need to take authority over it in the name of Jesus. In any given week, man, we're going to have something come up. It's going to happen. But this is what I'm talking about. I love to read stories like that. It, it convicts me. It does. Man, the worst battle I had this week was a stupid baritone that broke my tool and I had to order a new one. <laughs> she knows everything. If you want to know how I'm doing, check in with her. She knows. Praise God. But it's the truth. And I got so under conviction as I was sitting outside my house yesterday and reading that little bit. I thought, God, help me. 
Amen. Heard some of you don't like me anymore. And I'm going, oh, like, I'm going, but God just said, be more lovable. How am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying not to offend you. I really am. I am really trying to help you. This is coming from my gut. I feel this in my spirit. I feel we need to be on our A game more than we are, praise God. That's not intimidation. That's, that's hunger. That's wanting to improve. And so we as a church, we're going to put together, come on, Thursday nights, we got a marriage class going on. We got Wednesday night Bible study. We got a Tuesday night prayer session here that is powerful. We've got Friday nights where people can come and deal with their addictions the apostolic way. Come on, folks. We got Saturday night prayer once a month. We got Sundays full of, full of all kinds of, of, of things that are going on, praise God. Listen to me, folks. You can be a part of this. You can begin to improve. This is what we're doing, and it's not a one-man show. I just realized one of the reasons I like these books is because you can be teaching yourself, or God can be teaching you at home 24-7, praise God. That doesn't diminish my role. That enhances it. And that's what I feel, praise God. Some of us need to get our questions answered. And we need to go to the right source in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to give you an example of that, praise God, here in just a minute. But we need to pray one more time here. And let's ask God to take away that offense, that unforgiveness, that junk that really will come into our lives and keep the things of God from coming in. Come on. I'm not pointing any fingers here. I'm just saying our God is a healer. Oh, yes. Come on, he's here. And you don't have to even get very loud. You just mean it. That's what I'm trying to do when I pray. I'm just trying to mean it. Not bring some flowery speech to him. Not tell him something that I know he wants to hear. No, he's God. He already knows what's in my heart. He already knows that I'm just a frail human being. That is an absolute necessity that he is in my life. That is not weakness. That is strength in the name of Jesus. I have no problem with that. Praise God. And the longer I live for God, the better that that is. I'm telling you something. Knowing that I serve a merciful, loving God who will tell me like it is. I'm telling you folks, that is worth that is worth so much in today's world. World. You're, I'm talking about a God that won't flower it for you. He won't tell you something when it ain't true. I'm telling you something. This is beautiful. This relationship that you and I have is absolutely golden in Jesus' name. I don't know why more people don't want this. I don't know why this place isn't packed to the guilds. I don't know why we shouldn't be having three services a week where thousands of people would come. I don't know. I don't have those answers yet, but I'm going to keep on trying. I'm going to keep on doing it. I'm going to keep on saying it. I'm going to keep on being what God God wants me to be in the name of Jesus. And I'll tell you something, I like it when he's God. I like it when he's on the throne. I like it when he's the one that's in charge in the name of Jesus. That's the deal in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, praise God. Two things here I want to leave you with. Amen. First of all, the ministry of John the Baptist is a powerful ministry. It really was. He began, when he came onto the scene, uh, things began to change. And what he was, he was the forerunner. Amen. And you and I are living in a time when, when, when we're, we're coming up to the, to the end of an age. 
That's what's happening here, literally. Now, I don't know if that's 10 years, 20 years, 50 years. I don't know. We don't have that one. God didn't give me the revelation of that. But he did give me the revelation that we are coming to the end of an age, this age of grace where God, the acceptable year of the Lord is here, and it's going to usher in. At the end of this age, there's going to come a tribulation period that Jesus said was, the world has never seen it before, never. And that is not a scare tactic. That's just what's going to happen. That's what, what that does is give me the incentive to do more. Now's the time. Pull out the stops. Don't wait for another year, praise God, to teach a home Bible study. Do it now. This is the time when people can come to the Lord, praise God, because there's going to come a time when there's a darkness going to come over the world. And I don't know if we're going to get raptured out of here right away or if it's going to be a little while or whatever the case is. I, I got a few things figured out, but, man, it seems like I get two things figured out and then I got five things I don't. So that's why I don't teach it. But I do teach generalities, and that's what I'm telling you, that end of the age is coming, and it's exciting, praise God. It really is. Jesus lived in that end of the age. age. The Old Testament was coming to an end. That's why a lot of what Jesus did was Old Testament, and it was going to be fulfilled. But there were certain things that had to happen first. Amen. There had to be a perfect lamb. There had to be someone who could come and die for the sins of the world. And, of course, Jesus fulfilled that. Amen. And he prepared his disciples, praise God. You know, his ministry, you know, when he was here on this earth was full of that. He was preparing them for what was to happen, praise God. And so on the day of Pentecost, this is when that began to be, a, part, a lot of it began to be fulfilled. The spirit of the Lord was being poured out, praise God. And there were some tremendous things that began to happen. And all the way through that book of Acts, praise God, you, you begin to see people who, who were, were coming and, and, and questions were being answered, and sometimes people rejected the answers. I hope I'm not talking to anybody here. I hope that's not where you're at. I hope that you're not so dyed in the wool of your little denominal belief that God can't come in and show you something. Listen to me, I'm talking to apostolics too, by the way. We can be just as traditional as anybody else. And I'm not finding fault, I'm just saying I'm against it. I'm again it when it comes in my life. Amen. One of the prayers I pray on a daily basis is against tradition and false doctrine. In Jesus' name. Those are the things that will stop revival, just like that. And so we must begin to realize in our own lives, have we taken on some false doctrine? Have we taken on some traditions? Well, let me give you an example, okay? Mr. Garnan, I'm going to put you to work. 19th chapter of the book of Acts. Praise God, 19th chapter of the book of Acts. And we talked last week about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And I understand that every page of the Bible isn't full of that. You don't have every page with somebody speaking in tongues and being filled with the Holy Ghost and, and baptized in Jesus' name. But you have enough examples that you know this is uh, the doctrine. And I told you last week, praise God, you can just go to the second chapter of the book of Acts. You can go to the eighth chapter of the book of Acts. You can go to the tenth chapter of the book of Acts, and you can find where that is being fulfilled in different cultures. The first culture was the Jewish culture. The second culture was the Samaritan culture. The third culture was the Gentile culture. All three of them, the door was open, praise God. But let me give you the traditional culture. Okay, 
Look at Acts chapter number number 19. And this is when Paul is trying to spread it out. He's trying to delegate, and he's got Apollos and Aquila, or yeah, uh, Aquila and, and uh, what's the name? Aqu- Priscilla and, and Aquila off doing some things, and he's kind of wanting to do some other things, and so he's trying to, you know, kill two birds with one stone. And so the Bible says, look at this in verse 1, 19, Acts 19 and 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. You see that? And this is not negative, this is positive. People who want to learn. That's really one of my simplest definitions of being a disciple. It's not that you're smart. It's not that you got 100 degrees. It's not because you, you know, went to the right school. You're hungry. That's what disciples are. They're hungry. And so here he is. He's in the midst of some, 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 um, some disciples. And he said unto them, he asked a question. Here it is. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And the Bible says, they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Honest answer. You know, I remember when somebody asked me when I came to an apostolic church, have you received the Holy Ghost? I thought I did, but I didn't want to say anything, so I said, I don't know. Got me off the hook for about five seconds. And then they said, do you want to know that you really got the Holy Ghost? <laughs> well, what am I going to do with that one? Yeah. See, we all can become Pharisees in a hurry. Well, the baptism of John, was that from God or from man? Well, we don't know. Yeah. You just don't want to know. Yeah, I've encountered a lot of people like that. And I hope there ain't any in here. Maybe one online, I don't know. Okay, watch. And he said unto them, okay, let's go back here. Let's, let's, take a, let's go back. He said, unto then, he says, what were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. And you understand in the third chapter of the gospel of, of, of uh, Matthew and Luke, you know, I mean, John's baptizing. Crowds are coming. I mean, this guy is having revival. So this is not a bad thing. It's just they didn't move forward. And what I found about some believers is you and I can help them stand up here. He's my, I want you to turn back to me. We can help them. That hurt? Okay. I'm serious. I've been used in the nudging business a lot. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to keep going. It just means I've given him a directive Move forward. Move forward. And in my opinion, this is what Paul is doing. He said, well, how were you baptized? Well, we were baptized under John's baptism. Well, listen to his answer here in verse number four. He said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. Everybody say repentance. And repentance is a good thing. And the Bible says, saying unto the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Now, the Bible says in verse number 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do you see that? Now, come on. I wish this happened every time. But I brought up the question just like you have, and they said, well, I don't think think you have to be baptized, and I don't think you need it. Well, okay, I understand that. 
But every once in a while, you're going to get somebody. Praise God. We had a young man back there, right there. He's reading his Bible right now. He's got his glasses on. Get a call. I'm at lunch. My wife is mad at me because I'm answering the phone at lunch. That's okay. Eric wants to be baptized. Well, what am I going to do? Well, no, I'm just too busy right now, and I don't think that, you know. No, we got the baptismal ready for him, and last afternoon he went down in the name of Jesus. Praise God. That's how simple it is. That's what I'm talking about. And so the Bible says this crew here, it says when they heard that there was another baptism, they didn't sit there and argue. They just said, well, yeah, Jesus, that makes sense. And so the scripture says, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. If you will zip back to the second chapter of the book of Acts, you don't have to do this now, but you can do it again, you will find they got the Holy Ghost the same way that the apostles got it on the day of Pentecost. And I'm interested in consistency. That's what God does. He begins something, and then he doesn't, you know, jick around the block. The song, um, the, Your Great Name. Do you have that? Can you get that? Okay, would you do that? Um, that's the one, uh, Jesus. Da, 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 da. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but the bottom line is, folks, that's how God will do it. God will show people things in the Scripture. That's why I have confidence in the Word of God. That's why I brought this example up to you. This isn't just something that we pulled out of the, out of the air someplace and said, okay, this is questions that need to be answered. Have you received the Holy Ghost? And I've had people tell me, okay, here's the big classic one. Well, yeah, I got the Holy Ghost when I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And I've learned to go, well, good. I said, but you want something more power? Come here, get up. That's not offensive, folks. That's loving people. That's what that is. Loving somebody would be when they gave you that answer, you, you just kept silent and said, okay, you're good enough. Knowing that you know there's a better and a deeper experience with God that you know that he wants everybody to have. That's love. And I understand it takes boldness sometimes to come and face that confrontation because that's where I was when I came into this. You know, I told you about Brother Bernard's mother, saintly person, godly person, that type of thing. Do you realize she was a Catholic woman? And the first time she came to church, she was 16 years of age, not back in 1948. And her brother was coming to church and found the Lord, got filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. And she was asking him to take her to the nightclub. She liked to dance. She liked to have a good time, drink and all that kind of business. And, and she just asked him, she said, would you take me tonight? She, he says, sure, I'll take you. And, she, and he takes her to church. And she says in her book, the first time she came into something like this, she didn't like it. She was not coming back. She had had it. She said, I didn't want any of this. So I understand first reactions. But you know something? She says, 
I did go back. And when I went back the second time, I ran to that altar. And I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I got, and I got baptized in Jesus' name. That's what I'm talking about. That's what God is going to do, praise God, not only in your life, but in many of those that you're going to hear, praise God. He is a God that answers questions. That's what he does. Come on, sis, let's, let's end this, at least for today anyway. Praise God. That's what he wants to do. And so I believe today there's been some things that have been stirred up in your life, praise God, that... Praise God, that need to be answered in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. One question I would ask, praise God, and I don't certainly want to be intimidating, but I would ask you right now, why can't you forgive that person? Especially in lieu of the fact that you know that God has forgiven you of so much. Come on, let's get that right before we leave. Can we do that? Come on, let's not leave this church until we've got some things under the blood in Jesus' name. Lost our Savior.